0: Hey, you're listening to the Church Planters Podcast with your host, Jordan Floro. I'm so glad that you're here with us this week for our conversation with Eric Hoke. Eric is a pastor, church planter from the Bronx here in New York City. And he has developed a framework through his website called iHelpPastorsGetJobs.com. But this framework helps pastors develop the skills they need to be able to be attractive in the job market. Everything from interview skills to resume writing. Eric is going to help you communicate the skills that you have as a pastor in a way that's attractive to those that are interviewing you for potential jobs. All of this is so that you can Uh, be able to sustain your time in ministry longer. Uh, But he's also going to be able to, to help us see that you can do this and not lose yourself, not lose your family, still have free time, still be able to do all of this in a way that's sustainable. and uh, and helpful for you. So you're going to love this interview with Eric in just a moment. But before we get there, I just want to remind you that if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes that come out weekly. And then also leave a rating and review. Those reviews are so important for us to be able to get the word out about this podcast so that these resources can help as many church planters as possible. Let's go to our interview now with Eric Hoke. Hey, so we're excited to have Eric Hoke on the Church Planting Podcast. Eric is a pastor, uh, church planter in the Bronx. So Eric, welcome to the show. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are, your family, and uh, a little bit about your church, if you could.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. Well, thank you so much um, for having me. So um, my wife and I, Sarah, we uh, started All Saints Church. We moved to the Bronx in 2014. Um, we're living in New Jersey. I was a youth pastor out there for about four years. Kind of felt the call to uh, to come to the city, and our church actually planted in 2017. So we spent about three years kind of living and experiencing the city before we actually launched weekly services. So that makes us now a five-year-old church plant in uh, the heart of the South Bronx, very close to Yankee Stadium, is where we have our have um, our services. And in that time, we also had two children, two daughters, and a third daughter on the way. So we we're about to be
0: a family of five.
1: Family in a two of bedroom, five in the Bronx. In a two-bedroom apartment in the Bronx,
0: yep. So you launched in 2017, and then uh, you had a church that launched out of your church as well with Nat, Nat Perez, right? So, That's right. Share, how, did, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nat Perez is a, uh, a, a man who started attending our church right when it launched and really felt a call himself to plant his own congregation. So Nat is a native to the Bronx. Um, I'm clearly not. And I just kind of worked with Nat to help him get his congregation, you know, sort of off the ground, help him get some funding, help him build his team. And his church launched in March, 2020. So we are officially a, uh, a church sending church, whatever the, the, the title That's is. they give us. But Yeah. We have, we've multiplied already once in the last five years, which is quite exciting to see.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I remember when we first moved to the city, Uh, You were the, one of the first people that I sat down with and uh, one of the things that you talked about was, I don't think you should plant a church unless you live in the city for, and I can't remember how long you said, but like Mm -hmm. two or three years. And I remember leaving going, oh man, I'm (laughs) I'm doing this wrong. Um, But so much of what you said in that conversation, just about um, learning the neighborhood and learning the city, listening. Has been so instrumental to me. We we shouldn't just be people who who proclaim a message, but we should be mm-hmm. about personal encounters with people. And, that's right. Uh, and that's something that I've seen from you with All Saints Church. Just following you, watching what you're doing uh, through your social media and and following a little bit online, um, that was so impactful to me. Uh, of th- taking the strategy that I that I came to the city with and said, okay, maybe I can have some open hands with this and and slow down and just listen and get to know. So I uh, mm. really appreciate you taking time just to, to spend with me. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's fun to see, um, you, you've taken, uh, on a new role. So you're, you're a co-vocational church planter, or right. is that the term that you would use co-vocational? Yep. Um, and, and you want to help church planters and pastors and ministry leaders, uh, be able to take those same steps. Um, why don't you share a little bit about what co-vocational church planting is or co-vocational ministry is, mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe share a little bit uh, of insight on um, why that's uh, an appealing approach to to church planting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let me go, let me go backwards before I go forward. So I have like the traditional, you know, ministry background that a lot of pastors have, you know, at Liberty University, four years, guy's degree in youth ministry, spent four years as a youth pastor in New Jersey, you know, large, not large, but medium-sized established church. That was my full-time job. Um, went to seminary, Nyack College, got a master of arts in biblical literature, um, worked at a church in Queens, the Journey Queens for about a year as an executive pastor, also a full-time job. And when I planted a church, my church, I um, planted it in the poorest congressional district in America. So the household mean income sixteen thousand dollars a year, and I thought, you know what, I need to find a way to supplement my income. So I got a I got a job doing some contract coaching, public speaking, um, sort of work, and I thought I'll do this for a year or two until the tithes and offerings can pay for my salary. Well, five years later, the tithes and offerings still can't pay for my salary. Cats out of the mm-hmm. bag. Um, but in the last five years, I've really realized that my my primary calling as a co-vocational pastor is actually to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's actually to business people, it's actually to um, those I work with. And then my ministry is also a primary calling. So people think bivocational, they think co-vocational, they think, oh, you're, you're in the junior leagues, you couldn't handle being a full-time pastor. I will say the opposite. I always say if a person can have a ministry in their church and in the marketplace, they're not half the pastor, they're twice the pastor. Yeah. because they figured out a way to build a team to build systems to to find ways to build a ministry of sustainability um both in their church and also in in their everyday life because here's the thing jordan you know this and so do i most folks are never going to be full-time in ministry hmm. most folks that come here to preach on sunday are going to wake up on monday morning and go to a job um and i think when we have that same story it gives us credibility, especially in a yeah. place like New York, where people's careers are so front and center. So that's the backstory. So here I'm at this guy who has no, you know, quote unquote, corporate experience. I never had a job working at, at a company behind a desk, you know, doing that sort of thing. And I was somehow able to break into that world, not because I knew a bunch of people or had a bunch of knowledge, but just because I figured out how to kind of message my skills as a pastor and a youth pastor in a way that the marketplace would pay for So fast forward to 2020, the pandemic hits, um, every church plant. So every church, like kind of sub 10 years in my community, either closed down, um, merge with other churches to kind of, you know, do a Frankenstein's monster to stay afloat, Mm -hmm. um, or the pastor has just moved on to larger churches outside of the city where that could pay them a full-time salary, which everyone has their own path. And I'm not here to, to judge. But I realized, wow, we're like the last, <laughs> the last one standing, which is kind of wow. crazy, given that you know I'm not from this community and I'm not, you know, a person who has deep roots here. Um, quite yet. I mean, I've been here for almost nine years, but still, um, still learning in a lot of ways. New York City is a beast to to understand and and to adapt to. Um, and I think a large part of that was because I am co vocational, and my primary income is not reliant on tithes and offerings of my church. Um, so I had this this realization actually while I was on vacation in Florida. So shout out to Florida, I know that you love Florida. Um, where I was like, no, what if I create a a product? Um, I don't know what it would look like. It could be coaching, could be training, could be a podcast, could be something where I teach that pastor at home, who looks at the tithes and offerings coming in, realizes, hey, I can't keep living this way. Yeah. Um, the, the I can maybe I can get the income I need to survive, but my family is not thriving. My, my wife or my husband has to work. Uh, my kids are not happy. We can't take a nice vacation. We can't afford a new car. We always have financial troubles. And I am cons- not concerned, but I, I also oftentimes feel like the only, the only narrative a lot of us have been fed is, well, you have to work at the church full time or else you're somehow unfaithful to God. It's mm-hmm. like, well, where'd that come from? <laughs> like, yeah. where's that in scripture? Where's that in church history? Um but I think that the blocker for a lot of people is, well, I, don't, I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. I only ever worked at churches. How am I supposed to go, go get a job at a you know corporate corporation? I don't know how to sell my skills. So I thought, what if I created this this product that helped pastors kind of re-message their skills, break into the marketplace, supplement their income, and build ministries of sustainability? And that was where I helped Pastors Get Jobs.com came from. And I launched that about a month ago. Um, and so far we have 200 folks on a mailing list that every single week I send out, you know, tidbits on job searching, on resume building, on LinkedIn, on best practices, being bi um, And slowly we're building that, building that contact list with the idea that it'll turn into something like a masterclass where folks can spend ha- half a day with me. And from A to Z, here's how you build a resume. Here's how you build a LinkedIn. Here's how you walk into an interview. Here's how you answer those tricky questions. Here's how you negotiate an offer. Here's how you negotiate work from home time, all that stuff. So pastors can feel equipped and empowered to say, you know what? I do bring something unique to the workforce. Um, And I can supplement my income by working in the marketplace, by leading my church, and build a ministry of sustainability. So at the time of this conversation, it's all still really in the beginning phases, but I'm excited for the folks who have jumped on so far. And what they're learning and how they're growing.
0: Yeah, man, I've really enjoyed. Uh, you talked about the mailing list. So I'm on your mailing list. I've been getting your your updates, and I really've enjoyed looking through those. And um, you know, it's challenged me. It's challenged uh, kind of my thought process and just what you're saying, um, because there there's been a lot of times like we're we're very much in the church planting fundraising stage, where uh, you know God has been so faithful uh, to, to provide finances for us to be here. But I'm also looking at it going, man, there's a huge percentage of that that's going to, to, to my income. And, and what would it look like for, for my neighborhood? If, if I could funnel some of those dollars back into ministry, mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to catch shade on anybody that, uh, gets paid by a church. I don't, I don't think there's anything immoral about that. Uh, but just in this season, when you think about, um, getting to a point of sustainability, getting to a point where um, ministry is able to thrive. And then also, as I think about for you, up in the Bronx being, like, what did you say? It was the uh, poorest congressional district in America. In America. America. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and so we think about many of the models that we have for church planting that, you know, let's be honest, are rooted in South suburbia. Sure. Um, don't translate. And so this idea of going, hey, three to five years, we're gonna have a, you know, five hundred thousand dollar budget. We'll be able to have multiple people on staff and all of that. It's just not feasible. Um, it, it doesn't translate into a community like that. And so, uh, a lot of times, we'll we'll put our focus in on those places that, um, that can produce that financial uh, income for us. Uh, totally. But it's at the expense of. Um, some of the, the people that, that Christ were, was going to when he was on the earth. So I think there's something very uh, missional about what you're doing um, and intentional to, to accomplish what God has called us to do as church planters and yeah. to reach people in all segments of society. I, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, let me ask you a couple of practical questions yeah. uh, about how this works with your family. So, so when I think co-vocational, um, so I'm, I'm not co-vocational. And yep. I realized, man, my time already is so limited. Uh, how have you been able to find balance in leading a church, spending time with your family, um, raising two kids, almost three kids? Yep. Um, you know, how, how have you been been able to juggle all of that? For sure. For sure. Um, so this will not be new
1: information to you, Jordan. And thanks for being a subscriber to my newsletter. But I shared this exact question about 2 weeks ago because someone asked yeah. me it and i said to them there's a a philosophy in 6 sigma called non value added activity which basically means like what do you do every day at work that doesn't actually add value to the organization or the mission and if we're talking church lingo and i look back at my days of being a full-time pastor and i i kind of put my my tasks into three buckets that were what i would consider non value add the first one is spending way too much time on sermon prep. I know Mm -hmm. some of your listeners are gonna get their their toes stepped on a little bit here and that's okay, but this is my opinion. I'm not saying this is in the book of Acts or anything, but it's my opinion. If you're a church planter, like you and I both are, this is probably not the time of your ministry where you should be be spending 20 to 30 hours a week writing a sermon, you know, it's just not. Um, If you're listening and you are a teaching pastor of a mega church in the South, you probably should be spending 20 to 30 hours writing your sermons because that's what you're paid to do. But for us, we're trying to meet people. We're trying to make contact in the community. We're trying to spread word about our, about the gospel, about our church. And I encourage church planters, listen, um, Tim Keller said it. He's smarter than I am. He said an eight-hour sermon is not going to get much better in the next 32 hours. Mm-hmm. So his, his idea was like in eight hours, it's pretty much as good as it's going to get. It might get not a little bit better in the next few hours, but you don't have to spend much more time than that. So that's the first one. The second one is admin work. I mean, when I was full-time, emails, Facebook posts, you know, um, budgets, um, I mean, the list goes on, right? Getting, getting uh, mailers out, getting permission slips for kids to go on a trip. A lot of that, thankfully, can be given away to a, a virtual assistant. All Saints uses one. Um, Ezra VA, E-Z-E-R-V-A. They're out in California. They're, they're a woman-owned business. They're amazing. And we pay a woman um i think 25 bucks an hour and she does all that stuff for our church so i don't have to think about any of that admin stuff that i'm not gifted to do that i'm not you know excellent in she does all that she does a better job than i ever will and it's money well spent the last one is this (laughs) is um funerals and weddings for people that are not part of my church um i'm not a minister for hire I get phone calls from people, you know, I'm looking for a pastor for my wedding, and you know, we'll give you some money for the church. Listen, I hate wearing suits. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with strangers all all on a Saturday night. Just don't have the capacity for that. So I say no to all of those. Unless you're part of my church, I won't do your wedding or your funeral. So I'd encourage any pastor thinking through, okay, you're busy. I get it. We're all busy. But like mm-hmm. look at your schedule from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and how many tasks and activities are you doing are actually not adding any value at all to your ministry you're just doing them to fill time um and i think you'd be surprised to realize a lot of them are and a lot of the ones that you're doing also you could delegate to other people so before everyone thinks i'm like a superstar pastor i have a co-pastor and if it weren't for Elazar, this wouldn't work so he and i work together um in tandem to make this church operate so i would not advise a a solo pastor to be a be co-vocational with three young kids. Not a great idea. But you can find a person or a team of people that can kind of help you carry out the work. Totally manageable. I mean, I quit working every day at 6 p.m. I take every Saturday off as a Sabbath. Our church has one service on a Sunday. Most Sundays I'm home by one o'clock or two o'clock at the latest. Um Is my life busy? Of course, whose life isn't when you have young kids. But do I feel, you know, overwhelmed most of the time? Not at all. I mean, it's 1130 on a Tuesday morning and and even are having this call right now um, because I've been intentional about um, carving out time and doing the things that matter the most. Um, And those that don't either delegate or eliminate.
0: That's awesome, man. No, that's, that's great stuff. Um, So with this uh, many of our our listeners are are probably listening to this like me going, okay, you're telling me I can be more effective in, in focusing my time and energy on the ministry that I'm here to do. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I can say no to all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> but like for me, I mean, I went to, I went to a Baptist Bible college. Sure. I went to Liberty university for seminary. Okay. Um, I've only worked in churches and, um, how is it that I can take the skills that I have and, and make those appealing to somebody in, in New York city where, um, Nobody's impressed with the fact that I'm a pastor. Um, what are what are some of the how how can I communicate some of those skills to to update my resume?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me go ahead and pull up the PDF that everyone who um, signs up for my newsletter gets right away. Which shameless plug. Please go ahead and uh, and subscribe if you're listening. Um, I talk about justice. I talk about a, a job that I found in in Denver, Colorado, and the job is. Um, a project coordinator. I believe I remember correctly, it paid $50,000 a year. Um, It was fully remote. The number one skill was communication, communicating with clients, communicating with vendors, communicating with um, employees, communication. What's the number one job, number one skill a pastor has? Communication, (laughs) right? So um, it's not going to be as, as as well articulated as it could be, but essentially, if you put in a resume, hey, I worked at First Baptist Church, Arkansas. What did you do there? I preached 48 Sundays a year. Okay, well, your <laughs> resume is going to go to the reject pile pretty quick. Sure. But if you say, hey, I communicated weekly to small and large groups with an emphasis on active listening, resulting in retention and growth within the organization. Suddenly, the hiring manager thinks, oh, okay, this person... Is really good at communication. I think a lot of pastors get tripped up because they say, Well, no, the first thing about house painting, but the funny thing is, that job didn't want a house painter, they wanted somebody sure. who was good at communication, managing projects. If you're a pastor, you've managed projects, you manage people, you manage a whole organization as a, as a lead pastor, so you're more than qualified for that fifty thousand dollar a year unlimited PTO remote job. Um, which honestly, I mean, it would, it would be tough, of course, but it's not going to be like a grind a job like that it's gonna be a job that you can kind of do here and there answer the calls do the emails but any pastor that's led a ministry could do it and probably you know i don't want to speak for the company but 25 30 hours a week could not have most most of the responsibilities so it it all comes down to a mindset re-messaging your skills i didn't preach 48 sundays this past year i communicated to small and large groups of people on a weekly basis resulting in retention and growth oh that's what we're looking for let's keep talking and kind of wow. going down the, the, the line and, and filling out those skills. Um, one piece of secret sauce I'll let your readers in on is most companies use what's called the applicant tracking system, ATS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you apply for a job, you throw into the abyss, which is a bad way to apply for jobs, by the way. I call it the and spray. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's little keywords on that job description that you can you can embed into your resume that will get you onto the radar of the hiring manager right away. So you just take your generic, you know, resume and throw it out there. You're never going to find a job. It's just impossible. Um, but if you find ways to tweak your resume that it gets past ATS and gets into the hands of the hiring manager or the recruiter, passers naturally are good with people. Um, you'll be a shoe in And of course, you know, my master class, all that, that's what we'll be going over. And I'll teach you how to do that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, not just, getting on indeed and posting your resume, just hoping somebody's going to, going to reach out to you. You're actually looking at, Hey, what, what job would I enjoy doing? What job would I be good at? Yeah. And, uh, and then just crafting your resume specifically for that job. That's exactly right. That's great. Let me ask you this, Eric. Um, for, for those that are, that are listening, that want some more intentional coaching, maybe they're hearing what you're talking about that, this, this sounds like something that they need in their life. They need help with this. Um, what are ways they can connect with you? What are ways they can get coaching from you mm-hmm. and uh, and be able to uh, take big steps in this area? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking that. So the
1: first step is to go over to the website, ihelppastorsgetjobs.com. At the bottom of that page, you'll see a link that says a free PDF. That will give you the PDF, which is about 25 pages long. That explains the process from A to Z. Here's how you remessage your skills. Here's how you break into the marketplace. Um, It's sort of like a teaser um, to get get you going. If you're a really ambitious person and you can just take the information and run with it, that's awesome. I'm glad that I could serve you in that way. But if you're a person like what Jordan's describing and you're like, I have no idea how to even write a resume, how to present myself on LinkedIn, how to do a job interview, my last job, my job description was to hit kids with dodgeballs on dodgeball night as a youth pastor, which is what I did in my, one of my old jobs. And I'm just totally need a lot of support. The idea that I'm working with right now is once a month, probably on a Saturday morning, holding a Zoom masterclass. That'll be with a very small event, my, most likely myself and three other pastors, where you'll get the whole framework from A to Z. Here's how you remessage your skills. Here's how you do your resume. Here's how you do LinkedIn. Here's how you do the interviews. Here's how you negotiate. And then also for the pastors, here's how you restructure your leadership team so that you can build a ministry of sustainability. And then what that will do is I'll put you into my coaching network, which will be a digital coaching network where you'll have unlimited access to me via text, a voicemail, email, all that good stuff. Um, I'm still figuring out the pricing structure for that, but that'll be a very nominal cost because I get it. We as pastors don't have a lot of money and I totally understand that. But I just want to- that's why they're business. talking to you that's <laughs> why they're talking to me so my that's vision right. is like how can i serve as many pastors as possible while still providing a quality product um that's what i'm looking to, to figure out right now but um, hopefully by the time this airs some of those details will be ironed out but i encourage any pastor listening who's on the fence and says i gotta make that switch now's the time there's five million more open jobs in america than there are unemployed people i think the next year is gonna be the best time to do it remote jobs are, are going out like crazy um so take advantage and build them build that ministry of sustainability um i'm telling you it's one of the best decisions that i i backed into in my in my ministry and i don't think all saints would exist if i didn't choose this path
0: wow well the website is i Help pastors Get eric Hoke, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us today thanks so much for the time Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Eric Hoke is a fine human being, fantastic person, uh, so grateful for his time. And it's been so cool to see since we've had this interview uh, just a short time ago, uh, the updates that he's putting out about pastors uh, getting jobs that are that are going through this process and getting jobs. And even just today, I saw an update where a pastor was offered a job uh, that was a $70,000 job. Um, how incredible is that just to see Uh, The things that that Eric's doing are are really moving the needle and helping change lives. It's incredible. Um, And all for the purpose of, of sustaining. Uh, Pastors long term so that they Can do ministry where they're At long term Uh, it's Absolutely incredible thank you so much for Tuning in this week if You haven't yet leave a rating or review That helps get the word out about The church planters podcast and Also if you've not done so already jump On and join our facebook community Every single day We have people post questions And generate conversation all Related to church planting Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week for the Church Planters Podcast.